Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you, steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. What does Saul Alinsky's book Rule for Radicals have to do with the last days? Are the methodologies in this book being used in our government and culture today? Pastor J.D. shares numerous points from this book that will sound amazingly familiar. They are the exact characteristics that mark the United States of America today. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on March 25th, 2018. Today, I want to draw your attention to what I would argue are the three most significant developments that have seemingly gained traction just in the last week. Certainly there are many developments of prophetic significance taking place. So much, again, is happening so fast. But what I want to do today is focus in on these three because... I truly believe they point to the soon fulfillment of three specific prophecies in the Bible. And these are prophecies that I think by now you're familiar with. We seemingly talk about them on a weekly basis now because they are in play today. And I truly believe on the cusp of being fulfilled, they're beginning to come to pass not in any particular order. I'm just going to mention them, starting with Isaiah 17, concerning Damascus, Syria, becoming a ruinous heap, and a it'll be destroyed so much so that it is uninhabitable. And Zechariah 12, which is concerning Jerusalem, becoming the intoxicating obsession of the entire world, namely the, the dividing of Jerusalem under the banner of the so-called two-state solution with Jews and Palestinians living side by side in peace and security. And then Ezekiel 38, which is a prophecy about this Russian-Iranian-led alliance that attacks Israel from the north vis-a-vis Syria. Now, the first one that I want to start with, uh, might jam some gears, but I will do my best to, if you'll be patient with me, uh, try to explain it uh, as well as I can. The first significant development is this dismantling of America from within. Certainly there is that which is from without, but I want to talk about this 
effort from within that's gaining traction. And it's for the purpose of rendering the United States of America inconsequential for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that were America to become irrelevant on the world scene, then America would be incapable of coming to Israel's defense. That's kind of the why behind the what, so to speak. I'll begin with this Breitbart report in which they quote a Mammoth University poll that revealed an astonishing 74% of Americans believe a deep state exists and a whopping 60% are troubled by their control and manipulation. Now, what is this deep state? Well, it's defined in the poll as, quote, a group of unelected or appointed government officials who have too much influence in determining federal policy. Now, in other words, the deep state is a group of very powerful people who are operating covertly to manipulate and control the masses. It's interesting, the writer goes on to talk about how the mainstream media has dismissed this under the banner of a, quote, fevered conspiracy ginned up by conservatives. And that's textbook, but I'm not going to go there, at least not today. Now, why did I begin with this? Because I personally believe that we are witnessing the agenda of this deep state, or if you prefer, shadow government, as it's been called, play out right out of the playbook of one Saul Alinsky from his book, Rules for Radicals, which, by the way, he dedicates to Lucifer himself, citing him as the first radical. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to Alinsky's eight levels of control that must be achieved in order to create a social state. And make no mistake about it, uh, a social state, as it were, would be the perfect storm, for lack of a better word, for the Antichrist to come in and take control of the entire world under the banner of a new world order, a one world religion, a one world government, and a one world economy. Presently, pardon me, today, the United States of America stands in the way. America has to go in order for this to happen. And these things, Jesus said, must come to pass in order that the end might come. I'm going to list them and I'll make a couple of comments. Number one, control health care. Hmm. Number two, increase poverty. Number three, increase debt. Just in the last 72 hours, 
We witnessed the President of the United States signing a spending bill, the second largest, only behind Barack Obama, who signed the largest, this one for $1.3 trillion, with a T, dollars. And oh, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, I read one report where a half a billion with a B dollars goes to Planned Parenthood. In that $1.3 trillion spending bill that we just now added to our already off-the-charts debt nationally. So increased debt. It's this fourth one that I want to talk just very briefly about. In the interest of time, it's gun control. Doubtless you, like me, witnessed yesterday what was dubbed the March for Our Lives that was student-led, student-organized, and it was all about gun control. I'm just going to read this list and let you use your God-given discernment and intellect to connect the dots. Gun control. Number five, increase welfare. Number six, control education. Number seven, remove God. Any belief in God from the public square, and number eight, and this one is interesting, class warfare. Does this, I hope, at least explain what it is is that we're seeing in this country today? You know, I have made the comment that the America that my parents immigrated to legally, they immigrated legally to, did I say legally? Legally, in 1963, is not the same America that we live in today. Well, this brings us to the second significant development that's gaining traction, which is that of the mounting pressure concerning a Mideast peace plan with Jerusalem as the bullseye, for lack of a better way of saying it. On Monday, breaking Israel news reported that Egypt and Saudi Arabia are pressuring Abbas to embrace Trump's, quote, deal of the century. Senior sources in Ramallah, told the newspaper Al-Quds that two Arab countries are exerting heavy pressure on Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas, who, by the way, is reportedly in bad health. Presumably, his days are numbered, which is interesting in and of itself. And not just on Abbas, but on King Abdullah II, of Jordan to accept the deal of 
this century. Interesting to note, side note, Egypt is not mentioned in Ezekiel 38. Uh, Jordan is not mentioned in Ezekiel 38. And Saudi Arabia is not mentioned in Ezekiel 38 in as much as they are a part of the alliance. In fact, Saudi Arabia, by their ancient name in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38, is mentioned as protesting, questioning this attack led by Russia and Iran and Turkey and these other nations against Israel. Speaking of Saudi Arabia, on Wednesday, Al-Arabiya had an interesting article about the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman meeting with White House Chief Advisor Jared Kushner, which began with a meeting with the U.S. President. Again, let me underscore, we're just talking about things that happened in the last six days. Six days. So, according to the Saudi Embassy in Washington, there was also discussion about the future of the Middle East peace plan and the common interest in finding a lasting solution, we've heard this before, to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in, quote, the best way possible. I, I hope you're, you're seeing how all of this intersects. Once America is out of the way, been rendered inconsequential, then you have this alliance of nations that come against Israel. America is not there to defend Israel as America is today. And it all hinges on and is predicated upon Jerusalem, the intoxicating obsession of the entire world. Well, this brings us to our third significant development, and it's the increasing threat from Russia and Iran by way of Syria. On Tuesday, the Jerusalem Post reported that Iran was the main focus in the meeting between Trump and the powerful crown prince Mohammed bin Salman. According to the Post, they discussed tensions with Iran and a Saudi-led military campaign in Yemen, which is interesting in and of itself, another topic for another time. Trump and the crown prince underscored the strength of U.S.-Saudi ties, which suffered, interesting, under the Obama administration. Saudi Arabia, a decades-long U.S. ally, felt neglected by President Barack Obama's pursuit of a 2015 nuclear deal with Iran, Riyadh's regional rival. It's important to remember that Iran are Shiite Muslims, and Saudi Arabia are Sunni Muslims. And oh, by the way, Saudi Arabia is home to Mecca and Medina, which are the two holiest sites. They say that the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem is the third most holy site to Islam. There's only one problem with that, and we've talked about that. You will not find one time 
in the Quran, the mention, even one time, (laughs) the name Jerusalem. Mecca and Medina in Saudi Arabia, home to the two holy sites for Islam. And therein lies the problem. And by the way, therein lies also the explanation as to why it is that Saudi Arabia will protest this attack led by Russia and Iran vis-a-vis Syria, which they now today stand at the ready on the northern border there in the Golan to strike at any time. That brings me to this Arutz Sheva analysis that was published on Thursday, in which they ask this question. Is Israel gearing up for a strike on Iran's nuclear program? Let me just quote briefly. Israel finally officially admitted that in September of 2007, it had bombed Syria's Al-Khibar nuclear facility near the eastern Syrian city of Deir Ezzur on the banks of the Euphrates River. However, the article goes on to say, the timing of the disclosure suggests Israel could be gearing up for another military strike against a nuclear program in a Middle Eastern country. Speaking specifically of Syria, they don't have to go to Iran. They just have to go (laughs) into Syria. Uh, By the way, it was just a few weeks ago now that this actually almost started. Uh, There was this drone, Iranian drone, from Syria that entered, violated Israeli airspace. And Israel, of course, shot it down. Then they went into Syria and struck where they believed the uh, drone had originated. And make no mistake about it, uh, Israel knows exactly where everything is in Syria. They know what uh, Bashar al-Assad is reading with his coffee in the his Turkish coffee <laughs> in the morning. He knows uh, they know what newspaper they're reading the same article uh, that he's reading uh, there in uh, Damascus where he uh, resides. And so they know exactly where everything is. And so they struck it. And then that, uh, those, those pilots were struck and the, uh, I want to say it was an F-16, I might be corrected on that, uh, actually made it back into and on Israeli soil. And, uh, so Netanyahu, uh, holds up a piece of this drone that they, belonging to Iran from Syria that entered their airspace. He holds up a piece of it and he says to the Iranian uh, delegate there, does this look familiar to you? I, 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 you'll forgive me, but I, I just like the sanctified strength of that. But does this look familiar? It should. It's yours. Don't test us. Ah. Okay, I feel better now. Let's move on to the next one. It might go without saying, but it seems that Israel is now emboldened by virtue of their powerful friend in the White House, one 
Donald J. Trump. And certainly now, even more so, on the heels of Trump's choice of Bolton and Pompeo, both of whom are pro-Israel, so much so that it's stirring fears of war on the part of some. By the way, let me parenthetically say that all it's going to take is just one little spark. All it's going to take is one little spark, and it's going to set the whole thing aflame, and everything is in motion, and everything will happen very quickly and even very suddenly. Yesterday, just yesterday, the Times of Israel published an article with a very interesting statement, better said, understatement. Listen to this. By tapping conservative firebrand John Bolton as his national security chief and hardliner Mike Pompeo as his top diplomat, U.S. President Donald Trump has dramatically raised the stakes in world affairs. That's an understatement. He has not just dramatically raised the stakes in world affairs. He has just raised that bar. In fact, I would suggest there's no more bar anymore. This is in your face to Iran, John Bolton alone. A fierce opponent to the infamous Iranian nuclear deal. Uh, Iran is taking notice, and it shouldn't be of any surprise to us, that the liberal mainstream media is demonizing uh, John Bolton, calling him... I mean, when... Well, I digress. We don't have time. I'm not going to get my blood pressure up. How about this Mike Pompeo? Uh, I have not heard him speak. I've heard about him. I like this guy. It seems that... He's a solid believer in and follower of Jesus Christ. On Monday, the Christian Post published an article in which they list five quotes from Pompeo concerning Jesus, the rapture, ah, see right there, man after my own heart right there, the rapture, and Islam. Quoting the Post, CIA Director Mike Pompeo, nominated by President Trump, to succeed fired Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who, by the way, was favorable towards the Iranian nuclear deal. See how everything is kind of intersecting and tying in together, working in concert one with the other. So (laughs) he is making waves, still quoting, for a number of speeches he's made in the past exalting Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, say it isn't so. Making waves. Would to God that we would make waves, exalting Jesus Christ. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready, because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. 
The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.